So it's a process. Most, a lot of people are very impatient when it comes to marketing. They want, they want to see immediate results, immediate gratification. Marketing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. There's a lot of frameworks out there, but the simplest one is PAS, problem, agitate, solution, right? So you talk about a problem that they have and don't want, you agitate it, right? You make it worse, and then you offer them a solution to solve that problem. Ladies and gentlemen, this is part two of our talk with Tim Fitzpatrick, the founder of Rialto Marketing. If you haven't watched or listened to the first part of our talk, click that little button up there in the top right or check down the description for that talk. Today, we're going to get a little tackle and we're going to expand on this hero's journey. Here we go. Like to be in the hero's shoes, which is why you want your business to be positioned as the guide. Right. The guide has a plan. The guide knows exactly what the hero needs to do to solve their problem. So that's why it's so powerful. Yeah, and I feel like, again, I mean, when I first heard that, I mean, because, you know, Donald Miller, he's been around for, for a while. In fact, I was on here, like, I've got one of his earliest books, uh, Blue Like Jazz, which actually got made into a movie. I mean, this was, geez, 10, 15 years ago, you know? And, and so, I mean, I've, I've known about Donald for, for a long time and followed his, his. And then when this came, I was like, wow. And, and I love that story discussion because, but you, you brought up a key point there. And that was how we wrongfully assume where I, as a business, fit into the story and that is the hero versus the guide and so when you're working with clients i mean what's the conversation like when you kind of point out hey look you're not the hero of this story your your customer your client is you're the guide walking them through their experience i mean how does that process go and do you feel like there's businesses who number one either it's it's a light bulb i i didn't realize this Or, or number two no 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 i want to be the hero I mean, what do you feel like is what you kind of run into a lot? The great thing about storytelling, I honestly can tell you, I have never walked somebody through what we just talked about and had them go, no, I want to be the hero. Yeah. They get it because it's honestly, it's not easy, right? It does take some work to go through this process, but it is simple. It's a very simple process for us to all understand because we're all familiar with stories. Right. You know, I can walk somebody through... Uh, you know, a lot of times what I do is just walk them through my favorite story, mm-hmm. you know, or my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies is the original Point Break, okay, <laughs> okay with Keone Reeves and um, Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, for people that don't know that, right, it's like Keone Reeves is the main character. Mm-hmm. He's a green FBI agent. The problem in the story is there's the ex-presidents, they're bank robbers, robbing banks in Southern California. The guide is Gary Busey. He's the seasoned FBI agent um, partner for Keone Reeves. He's been there, done that. And he, you know, he says, look, the, I, the, the plan here is I believe the ex-presidents are surfers. You need to learn how to surf and then you're going to meet them and infiltrate this band of bank robbers. So he calls them to action and says, Keone, go learn how to surf. Mm-hmm. So that we avoid failure and reach success, right? Mm-hmm. Failure is they, the ex-presidents get off with all the money and success is we catch them. Yeah. That's the basic framework of a story of the hero's journey. 
And actually, you know, when I look at a lot of marketing material, um, and I feel like especially, I mean, let's use the pandemic as an example, I see so many commercials and I hear so many things on the radio about, look at all the great things we're doing to make sure, you know, that, that we're safe and all this kind of stuff. But I think it completely misses the opportunity to show, you know, yes, we're doing these things, but this is how it affects you. I mean, like, you know, again, I think businesses today are really so focused on showing themselves as the heroes and i think that's a huge missing opportunity for for them so again when you're when you're working with these businesses okay from your point of view as a you know as that marketing coach that guru you're really focused on two levels you're not focused on your client you're focused on their customers because they're their customers you know your clients clients um this gets confusing really fast yes. sorry there's a second cousin and roommate somewhere here i'm sure yeah but, you know <laughs> um, like your clients oh, yeah clients are really those are the heroes that we're trying to portray for your clients so i yeah. mean what do you see especially in marketing and sales does just completely need to be revamped in sales pitch those 30 second elevator things i mean when you break it down tacky like that what needs to change the the simplest way to break that down dustin is we need to focus and talk about their problems mm -hmm. and the results that they're looking for okay those are really, those are the two things that are going to gain yeah. your prospect's interest and their attention. Yeah. That's it. And we only talk about ourselves enough to establish ourselves as the guide. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. So we're always, the way it was explained to me at one point, which always just made sense to me was we need to talk about the problems they have and don't want. Mm -hmm. And, or we need to talk about the results they want and don't have. Yeah. That's it. Keep those two things in mind and start to think about, right? A lot of people, when we work with messaging, they're like, oh my gosh, but ah, what if like, what if this isn't right? Or we miss something here? Well, it's like, look, none of this stuff that we do from a marketing standpoint is set in stone. It's not like we're laying concrete here, mm -hmm. but we need to start with something and then you need to get out there and you need to use it and test it. And as you use it and start to get feedback, you're like, oh, <laughs> that, that message or that benefit didn't really land as much as I thought it might. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's, what, here's the feedback I'm getting. We're going to make this tweak. So it goes back to one of the things you first touched on, like nothing's going to be perfect. Yep. We got to get it down on paper. Mm -hmm. We got to start using it consistently get feedback, and we can make course corrections. It's the small course corrections over time that yield exponential improvement. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's that 1% every, you know, every day just trying to get better. Because like I said, if, if I'm just waiting for that one perfect marketing thing and I'm doing it once a quarter, I have nothing to gauge it off of because a quarter shifts and everything changes with it. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different metrics out there. And, you know, when I start talking about like the Yelp effect and, and you know, um, the rule of seven, I mean, these different things. I mean, rule of seven, I think is one, probably the, one of the best known as far as marketing. When I, when I'm looking at this as a business owner, can you kind of break that down for us as far as what it is and, and really how that applies to my business? So the marketing rule of seven, uh, I, I always explain it this way. Some, some other people may explain it slightly different, but with marketing, they say that it takes at least seven impressions okay. for that message or that brand to start to resonate with people. Mm -hmm. Like we are hit with so much information. There, there's information that we're just processing subconsciously. Yeah. It takes at least seven times for something to register with people. Okay. So one of the common 
um, objections or roadblocks that I get when we start to do messaging is people say, well, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. And it's like, yeah, that's the point Mm -hmm. because most people are not going to get it the first time. So we need to keep, we need to be consistent and we need to be repetitive in what we're saying. It's totally okay to do that. Now, I feel like, you know, when I'm listening to the radio and there's an ad for something, that's why they say the phone number three different times because, you know, <laughs> 800-555-555, like I could remember that maybe on the third time I hear it. And, and so, again, that kind of repetitive message. Now, when you're doing those, call it like a, a multi-touch campaign or whatever that may be for, for businesses, however they want to, to phrase it, um, I guess what would be like, not necessarily a good cadence, but I mean, again, I don't want to send the same blanket email seven different times, right? Because now it's just spam. Now I just delete it. So I guess, you know, is there certain layers that you want to put on there? You know, here's a nugget of information. I'm building off of this and I'm building off of that. I mean, kind of what's the best practice if we want to get a little tactical as far as how should those seven touches be made, so to speak? Yeah, it's so this does kind of this is going to depend on where they are in the journey, Mm -hmm. you know, or where they're coming in. I totally agree with what you're saying. Like you don't need, you don't want to send people the same seven messages right. <laughs> over and over again. Right. But for example, let's just say, let's just take an, let's say I offer a, uh, some type of lead magnet. Maybe right. it's a, a free checklist or a five day email course, something like that. Right. So let's say they come in because I'm offering something of value that's going to help them. Right. And then once they opt in, they then are going to get a sequence of email messages over a set period of time. Okay. Those messages, uh, look, how you set those up is going gonna, is gonna to vary a little bit. And it, there is no one right way to do it. Yeah. But typically what you're focusing on there is, okay, they came in here. Now, what are, what's the next thing I want them to do? Mm. You need to understand where they're, where you want to take them to go in the journey, and that's going to help dictate what those messages are going to say. But if they came in, I'm fulfilling the first email I'm sending is, "Hey, thanks for opting into the XYZ cheat sheet. Here mm. it is." Gotcha. Okay. Then I just want to do what I can to start to nurture and build that relationship. Mm. Hey, you opted into for our cheat sheet, here's what you can expect from us. Boom, 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 right? I'm setting expectations. And then from there, my messages are all going to be about either adding value to them, continuing to serve them, overcoming objections that they may have, Mm -hmm. helping them understand like what we do, like how are we different? What's the paradigm shift here? And getting them to take another action. Okay. So like for me, for my business, when somebody opts into something free, the next logical step for us is one, we're going to build that relationship. But the next thing, if they're going to work with us, the next thing they're going to do is get a free consultation. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like, a, I mean, like if you're on YouTube, those, those, those in titles, or whatever, lead you to the next video you need to watch because YouTube wants you to be not just for one video, they want you to be on there for all day, you know? So is that yes. kind of like you want to say, here's, here's the free thing. Here's the next thing you need, which will then come with yeah. a next thing, which will then lead to, you know, having well, a conversation. Here's the other thing that's important to think about too, Dustin. 
you get once they go through that, mm. right? Let's say my email opt-in sequence that we just walked through is seven days or 10 days. Okay. They say that, and it depends on the statistics, anywhere from five to 10% of your market is going to have an immediate need for what you do. Okay. So if that's the case, most people that go, a lot of the people that go into that opt-in are not going to be ready to take that next step. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, and I don't, once they're done with that sequence, if I don't have another way to continue to nurture them and stay in front of them, well, then when they do have a need, mm -hmm. they're not going to remember me. Right. So it's a process. Most, a lot of people are very impatient when it comes to marketing. <laughs> they want, they want to see immediate results, immediate right. gratification. Marketing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Okay. It, yes, there are ways that you can get quicker results, but most of the things that you're doing are going to take time and you need to be consistent. So yeah, some people who go through the email sequence are going to sign up for a consultation, but a lot of them aren't. So what am I going to do to stay in front of them so that when they are ready, they think of me, mm -hmm. right? For my business, you know, we're, we're creating a lot of content. So we're letting people know about our content. We're doing marketing workshops each and every month. So we're staying in front of them that way. Hey, here's our next marketing workshop. Man, that may not be relevant for them right now, but mm -hmm. guess what? When it is relevant... Like, oh man, I've been thinking about that. Bam. You know, I can't tell you how many people I talked to that they opted in for something and it like it's a year later or two years later, and they reply to that email that I recently sent out. <laughs> They're not sending me an email cold. They're right. replying to the email that I just sent saying, Oh, hey, I was thinking about X, Y, and Z. Do, do you think that they would have messaged me? <laughs> if I had not been sending them those emails consistently over time, no, they wouldn't have no idea who the hell I am. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of times where, I mean, we're all, I mean, social media nowadays, it's like, as soon as you connect with somebody, hey, here's my sales pitch. Like, dude, I just met you, bro. Yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? So, I mean, like you get that extreme, but then you get the other extreme and that is like, you know, Dustin, I've known you, I've been connected to you for like six years. I had no idea you did this product or service. I've been looking for this for three years, you know, type of thing. So, I mean, when it comes back to that, maybe getting a little, maybe a little more tactical as far as, you know, how do you make sure that your messaging is, is clear and engaging? I've heard like the three by three by three, you know, it's like, no, you got, they got to read it on their phone, no more than three paragraphs, three lines, three points. I mean, whatever. I mean, again, I know that every industry is different. Every buyer is different within every industry. I mean, what's, if you have to give kind of, I guess, generalize a messaging yep. um, topic a little bit more. And that is, I mean, what is clear and, and engaging in your mind? Is it pictures? Is it a GIF? Is it, I mean, colored font? So well, let me take one step back if it's mm -hmm. okay. If you want your messaging to be clear and engaging, you need to get into the storytelling framework that okay. we talked about. And probably as soon as possible, right? Sooner rather than later. Um, because like I said in the beginning, right, the, the, the fundamentals are the fuel behind the tactics. Okay. Any tactic can work. It's a matter of what fuel you're putting behind it. So you have to have a way. And look, storytelling is not the only way to yeah. create clear, engaging messaging, but it's the one that makes the most sense to me. And it, it's just easy, for, simple for people to understand. But then from there, if you want to use a simple framework for 
messages so that they're clear and engaging. There's a lot of frameworks out there, but the simplest one is PAS, problem, agitate, solution, right? So you talk about a problem that they have and don't want. You agitate it, right? You make it worse. Like, man, that, man, that's getting even itchier, right? I got an itch, but oh my God, it's, it's spreading across my forearm. <laughs> You're agitating it. And then you offer them a solution to solve that problem. Okay. Problem, agitate, solution. Mm-hmm. is a very it's a, this is that is like time tested copywriting framework there are others but that's one of the simplest ones for people to remember so you talk about the problem cuz guess what the problem when you highlight the problems people are experiencing that you can solve that is the hook right. that brings them into the story okay so we have to talk about the problem then you can agitate it a bit and then you can go hey if you want to solve this here's how you can do it no, it makes sense. I mean, like I said, there, if there is, I mean, everybody's looking for the next whatever product, right? But not everyone may need to have that new SaaS solution or whatever it may be at that time. So if I'm going there right with the solution, I don't need you. But if I could at least pull out a pain point and I can kind of swim in that, you know, previous job, we called it the, the price of nonconformance, the punk, you know, so if I could find that piece now, like I said, I, I could swim there for a little bit. I could agitate it. Um, and then they're going to come to me probably before I bring to them, Hey, what do you got for this? You know, what's the ointment? What's, what's the treatment for this? Yes. By the way, Tim, I've got a solution, you know, yeah. um, love that. So I guess, you know, when you start talking about going to, um, again, kind of going back to one of those three key points you have, and that is, you know, where do we find the most value? Um, do you deal with clients that like find like, Hey, I never figured I'd be working in education. I never figured I'd be working with, you know, you know, concrete cement mixtures. I mean, how do you deal with those clients who, you know, didn't, didn't want to be in the market they're in, but have a great solution and are trying to branch out to other places, other markets with their solution. Uh, I, I mean, do you deal with that a lot as far as I wasn't expecting to be here, but, but I'm successful. I don't want to lose it, but I want to branch into something that's more sexy, more attractive to me personally. It. It, I mean, it does happen, mm. right? I mean, our, our path as entrepreneurs is not a straight one. It's a winding road. So our businesses are constantly evolving mm-hmm. and our marketing needs to evolve with that. So yeah, if, if you're not getting out of your business what you want, mm-hmm. then it is time to shift. And mm-hmm. sometimes, look, sometimes services can can hit multiple markets. Sometimes they're geared very specifically towards a very, very niche market. So, you know, depending on what situation a client's in, we need to look at that and and start to think about, well, how universal is what you do? And can you adapt that and get into other markets? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's a no. Um, And if it's no, and you want to get into another market, well, then what's a problem that that market has that you can solve, mm-hmm. you know? And so you need to dig into that. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'll give you a, a, a generic example. I'm actually working with a client right now. That's, it's a software company. They have three different um, software solutions. Okay. And one of them is a very, very specific niche market. Like (laughs) nobody outside this niche market is going to need that software. So if they, they're in this market and they're like, oh my God, we don't want to work with these people. Mm -hmm. They have to like, they have to abandon. 
Okay. They, they have to either abandon the product or they have to find a way to adapt that product to another market because it is okay. so niche specific. Yeah. Nobody outside of this market is going to see a, a need for that product. Gotcha. Yeah, and one of the things you kind of mentioned before that is, you know, no, uh, no entrepreneur's path is really linear, you know. Um, and I'd love to just talk briefly about your previous example in entrepreneurship. Um, you know, had a very successful, is in the wholesale dish, uh, distribution uh, industry, I think, right? Um, yeah, yeah. He did that. I mean, it was growing, it was growing. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, uh, you, somebody wants to buy it. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, when you're looking at things like that and dealing with businesses who are, or maybe have that on the horizon, like, Hey, I have a succession plan in place. Here's our metrics we want to hit. Um, I mean, are you seeing that in today's market as far as businesses who are either preparing for it? Um, whether it's, you know, on a, on a five-year time plan, whatever, I mean, what do you feel like is the market right now for those type of businesses who are looking to sell? I mean, are you dealing with that at all? Oh, I th- Dustin, I think that market always exists. Yeah. There's there's always opportunity uh, in any market. Mm. Some, but look, some business owners don't like. They're not worried about that, yeah. right? They're not even thinking about that. Frankly, when I got into the distribution business, that was honestly the last thing from <laughs> my mind, you know. And I yeah. I did not start the company. My dad had been an entrepreneur for a long time. He was a partner in the distribution company. I ended up getting involved, okay. staying on. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was there very early on, but we never, in the beginning, that wasn't even on our timeline. Yeah. But as the business evolved and as we started partnering with other companies, that became a very real uh, possibility. Mm-hmm. But you know, here's the thing, like you, if you do not plan to sell your business, you're not going to maximize the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just wake up today and go, you know what? I think I'm going to sell my business today. (laughs) Uh, You know, unless you are like in an optimal situation, Mm -hmm. you are most likely going to be totally unprepared. Most small businesses um, are very owner dependent. Owner dependent is not scalable. Mm -hmm. It means if they pull you out of the business, Stuff falls apart. No, that nobody wants to buy that. So you have to, you know, you have to start putting systems in place. You have to start pulling yourself out of processes so that the business can run without you. Um, You, a lot of business owners want to maximize their income. There's nothing wrong with that, but when they pull out everything so that they're reducing profit, that does not help maximize your sale. And by the way, I am not an accountant and I'm not an attorney. So, You know, I'm just telling you this based on my experience, uh, but please don't take it as expertise. But when you sell your business, it's usually a multiple of profit. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are pulling everything out because you want to pay yourself as much as possible and you don't have any profit, you're going to have a multiple of zero, (laughs) which is not a lot. No, not at all. I think it's always zero. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's always zero. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tim, I mean, this has been awesome. Do you want to be respectful of your time? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions that I did not ask, but um, I mean, there's a ton of them. But I mean, what is, what is one thing that that I did not ask today that you really feel that um, business owners, leaders in their market, whatever the case may be, one thing that that I did not ask that they should really know about marketing and the best way to position themselves, their their business, or even their department within an organization 
what's the best thing that they can do? Uh, so Dustin, I'm going to take this back to the fundamentals. So one of the questions I get all the time is where should I focus my marketing efforts yep. right now? Um, that is going to depend on where you're at and where you want to go. But I'm going to give you a few places to start that I think might really help the audience. One is the fundamentals. Like if you don't know your target market well, and you don't have clear engaging messaging, you need to start there. Because again, without it, you got a car, but you got no fuel. Right. You have to have that plan in place. And from there, your website, because everything you do from a marketing standpoint drives people back to your website. So if it's not right, it is going to impact your return. And then the last place to, to start, I touched on earlier, what's already working. Okay. Go back to what's already working. What can you do more of? And what gaps can you fill to get better results? You will get, very, you will get much quicker results by focusing on that than anything else. Mm-hmm. So that's a very generalized answer, but it's a great place for most people to start. Well, you know, Tim, I, and one thing I really do love is a lot of the things you just pointed out there. Um, I mean, you could take it at the organization corporate level. But you could even do this if I'm a, you know, a section leader, department leader within an organization myself. I yep. mean, again, go back to the fundamentals, clear and engaging messaging. You know, even if it's I'm changing the pay time off policy from an HR standpoint, that's very important. How are you going to market it? What's the plan in place? So, again, one thing I love about marketing and really a lot of things you point out here, it's not specific just to growing revenue it, it's yep. it's applicable to so many different levels uh, Tim, I mean, this has been awesome i really do appreciate it um whether you're a business owner or again <laughs> a person in a department type of leadership whatever that may be they want to reach out to you what's the best way to do that tim uh, i'll give them two places first is our website which is okay. rialtomarketing.com that's mm-hmm. r-i-a-l-t-o marketing.com mm-hmm. second thing we have a 90-day marketing plan kit If your audience wants that, they can go to growthmarketingplan.com, growthmarketingplan.com. And our marketing plan kit is there. It's all the downloads and the tools they need to get started. There's a walkthrough video. There's the 90-day marketing plan templates that we use, some samples so they can kind of just plug and play and get started with the plan. Remember, no plan is going to be perfect, but you just got to put a plan in place and start executing. That's awesome. Tim, again, this has been phenomenal. I got... About a whole page of notes over here. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> typing wasn't too loud. But um, then this has been awesome. And I really do want to just say thank you so much for for walking our, our audience through today. Um, just number one, how marketing definitely ain't easy, but but it's worth it. And I think you've got an awesome framework and foundation here that should bring some huge results for for our team. Listen, um, Tim, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a true pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dustin. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, sir.